Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Blind Tag Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Nashheim. Today is going to be a great day, and if it is not a great day, then you just need to sit, you need to stand up, extend your hands, grab it by the throat, and make it a great day. So, last week, it was kind of a, hey, you know, what's been going on lately type of episode. Now we're going to go a little you know, a little deep dive into a topic a little later on in, in the show. Uh, the overtime system in the NCAA. As funny, I was doing research for this before the overtime issues in the NFL playoffs. So... Um, I'll actually, I'll touch on that towards the end here. Um, but before I get into the conference title games, um, I didn't talk about this last week, but I forgot. Um, Ben Roethlisberger retired, um, ending his 18 year career with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, my personal opinion he should retire two years ago, but not notwithstanding, he set a standard standard of excellence in Pittsburgh that had not been seen since Terry Bradshaw. So, he's a two-time Super Bowl champion. I mean, he's won more rings than a, a, a certain somebody who's now a free agent. You know, apparently this somebody is immunized from winning in the postseason. He has the same number of postseason wins since 2017 than Blake Bortles. Let that sink in for a second. But anyway, Tom Brady retired um, last week. And... I want to sit here and say this. As much as I hated seeing Tom Brady go in the Super Bowl almost seemingly every single year, I hated him winning it almost every single year outside of his first outside of his first two. Actually, his first one because his second one came at the expense of the Panthers. Um, I will sit here and say this, though. He is a legend. Um, if you go by Super Bowl wins, he is the greatest of all time. If you go by passing stats, he has to be one of the greatest of all time. Um, if you go by longevity at the quarterback position, he's got to be the greatest of all time. So, uh, good luck in all your, um, in your post-retirement, which you, he's got the Brady Bland, Brady Bland. Brady Brand launching conveniently enough around the same time he was retiring, so I think he kind of planned this out. Um, and let's see, what else do we got going on? Oh, yeah. Um, Brian Flores is suing the NFL. Now, Brian Flores, who was fired uh, Uh, let's see. He was fired because of reasons. We don't know. Um, there's some apparently dust up or uh, not trusting the process or whatever. Well, 
he is in the Port the Port Yard Club. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> in a 58-page lawsuit, now this article is from ESPN.com. Flores claims that uh, owners, uh, Dolphins owner, oh, he's found soon the NFL and all, okay. And three teams, the Dolphins, Broncos, and the Giants. I thought it was all 32 teams. No, it's just three teams. Claims the Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross, attempted to incentivize him to tank or purposefully lose games shortly after being hired, with Ross offering Flores $100,000 for every game the team lost that season. Flores alleged that the team won games late in the season, Dolphins general manager Chris Greer told Ross was mad at Flores' on-field success was compromising the team's draft position. What? Additionally, Flores claims Ross pressured him into recruiting a prominent quarterback at the end of the 2019 season, which Flores refused as not to violate the NFL's rules on tampering. Ross then allegedly invited Flores onto his yacht for lunch in the winter of 2020, where he informed Flores that the prominent quarterback was conveniently arriving at the marina for an impromptu meeting. Flores again refused the meeting and left the yacht. Afterwards, Flores claimed he was treated with disdain and held out as someone who was non-compliant and difficult to work with. He was fired on January 10th, despite having back-to-back winning records. He was 10-6 in the 2020 season, 9-8 in the 2021 season. Flores also alleged the Giants interviewed him last month for the head coaching vacancy for no other reason than to than compliance with the NFL's Rooney Rule, which requires teams to interview minority candidates for their open position. He claimed you know, he interviewed with the team on January 18th prior to the team hiring former Bills assistant GM Joe Schuen as its GM on, 23rd, on January 23rd. He claims the next day Schuen finalized his interview date for January 27th and Giants co-director of player personnel Tim McDonald texted Flores and said he, would, he hoped he would come in and win the effing job. However, hours later Flores alleged he received a series of text messages from Patriots coach Bill Belichick, who, let's see, give me one second. So, received a series of text messages. In those texts, uh, Belichick told Flores that he had heard from Buffalo and NYG that you were their guy. Flores then asked, Belichick to clarify which meant the gig was up and Belichick then admitted his arrow and informed him that the Giants wanted De- uh, Brian DeBull there you go and also claiming a similar scenario what happened with the Giants occurred when he interviewed for the Broncos job in 2019 Flores alleged that then GM John Elway, among others, arrived to the interview an hour late and clearly hungover as he claimed they had been drinking heavily the night before. Here's what he wants to see done. Increase influence of black individuals in hiring, 
increase the objectivity of hiring terminating GMs, head coaches, and coordinators, increase the number of black coordinators, incentivize hiring or retention of black GMs, head coaches, coordinators, transparency of pay for GMs, head coaches, and coordinators. I'm going to sit here and say this. I hope he fucking wins this. I hope he fucking wins this. He's probably going to be blacklisted from the NFL from now until the end of time. He doesn't care as long as he is the cause for change. So you know what? Hey, anyone who can have a winning record against Bill Belichick, uh, the NFL better be scared of him. I'm just going to go ahead and say this. So uh, hopefully everything goes well with the lawsuits. And let's see what happens. But we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. All right, before we get back to the podcast, I want to give a shout-out to Light Saturation for the awesome new intro that I found on Pixabay.com. That is P-I-X-A-B-A-Y.com. You can find all type of royalty-free music for your podcast, backgrounds for videos, YouTube videos, all different type of genres on Pixabay.com. It is P-I-X-A-B-A-Y.com. All right, welcome back. And I, I know I went a little uh, overboard or, you know, a little deep into the Brian Flores story, but, I mean, it's true. It is 100% true. Uh, just want to see change in the I, I, I want. I want to look at it like this. I want to look at the coach who got hired and go. They're the best candidate for the job. Oh, they're black. Oh, cool. Oh, they're 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 Latino. Oh, cool. No, they're the best person for the job. Like the Carolina Panthers just hired Ben McAdoo as their offensive coordinator. Why? Huh. At this point, I want Jim Harbaugh to go back to college, uh, the NFL. Have him take the uh, Minnesota job. Have uh, Matt Rule go to Michigan. And you know what? Get a... a uh, Eric Benamy or Byron Leftwich or hell, even though he's still in the league. Brian Flores in Carolina. Because I think if there's one owner who has shown the willingness to go, I will I, I, I will hire who I feel at the time is the best candidate. It is the Panthers owner. I mean Matt Rule at the time was the best candidate. Did he give him the right contract? Absolutely not. But you live and you learn and you get loves. But the Super Bowl is this Sunday. Holy hell. Let's let's look over what happened. How did the teams get there? Well, first and foremost, we had the AFC Championship game. The Cincinnati Bengals faced the Kansas City Chiefs going into halftime it you know they were down 21 to 3 going into like the last minute of the game 
all of the of the first half. Only points was an Evan McPherson field goal, which we'll talk about in a minute. And then once they hit the 21 to 3 mark, the Chiefs could only score another field goal. Third quarter, Evan McPherson had a 31-yard field goal. Uh, Jamar Chase, two-yard touchdown pass from Joe Burrow, also connected on a two-point conversion to tie the game. Uh, in the fourth quarter, the teams uh, alternated field goals with the Harrison Buckner 44-yard field goal tying the game. Sending it in overtime, which we know, based on the previous week, uh, pray to God they don't get the coin flip. Well, they got the coin flip. Uh, here we go again. Joe Burrow ain't going to see the field until and I got I, I got to I got to pull up the uh, the drive. So started on the 25 25 uh, yard line. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had an incomplete pass, short left to uh, Robinson. Tried it again to Robinson, and then says, "You know what?" Getting this to Robinson isn't working. Let me go, Tyreek Hill. Pass it deep. Intercepted by Bell at the Cincinnati 40. Returned it for five yards. Let's and that gave Cincinnati basically since uh, Kansas City on their first drive could not uh, score. Then all they had to do. All they had to do was score a field goal. And Evan McPherson's like, okay, I think I can do that. Nine plays, 42 yards, ended on a 31-yard field goal. The Cincinnati Bengals, 27-24 in overtime, sending the Bengals to the Super Bowl for the first time since 1988. And as Bennett and... Matt decided to joke a little bit. No, I was not the kicker for that 1988 team. I'm not that old. I feel that old sometimes, but I'm not that old. Well, let's move over to Los Angeles. Oh, and uh, before we go, you know, move over. Let's just compare the stats. Each team, they were about even. Only difference is, uh... Actually, actually, it was kind of, kind of even. Like team stat wise, uh, Cincinnati outgained. I'm, I'm sorry, Kansas City outgained them. Had uh, higher yards per play. Um, it was a relatively clean game. It was just the turnovers. The two turnovers by by Kansas City kind of killed it, and the fact that. Uh, Joe Burrow was only sacked once is a miracle. Considering he got sacked nine times in the divisional round. Kansas City, on the other hand, um, Patrick Mahomes got sacked four times. So I think that's that's the key stat right there. Let's move over to L.A. Matthew Stafford in his first ever NFC title uh, championship game. Conference championship game. First time ever. Uh, rushing really wasn't 
a strong suit in either team. Uh, the leading rusher on both teams, oh, for a combined, was Cam Akers, who only had 48 yards. So, going into the uh, half, going into halftime, San Francisco was up 10 nothing. They were up 17 nothing, and they allowed 13 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. A Cooper Cup 11-yard pass and um, a reception, and then two field goals. Let's put it this way. With, I want, I'm trying to find the, uh, according to ESPN, San Francisco had approximately a 73% chance of winning the game at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Yeah, I guess not. And the LA Rams on a game-winning field goal, 20-17, they will host host the Super Bowl. How insane is it? We went 54 years without hosting with some of the most dominant teams in this league. And in the last two years, we get one in Tampa Bay with Tampa Bay in it, one in LA with the Rams in it. How? I'm just curious. But anyway, uh, what killed San Francisco um, stat-wise their third down efficiency, they were only three for nine. Rams were eleven for eighteen, so they faced it quite more, quite often. But they were more successful. Uh, like the passing yards, um, Garoppolo only threw for two hundred thirty-two yards. Yeah, uh, reports already come out. I saw on Bleacher Report that his representatives and the 49ers are working. Uh, with uh, teams for as potential uh, trade options because it will be the Trey Lance show next year. It's, you know, if he had won this game and made it to the Super Bowl, I think he would have got a, uh, at least an extension. You know, uh, it's, it's crazy. And, and of course, they're undisciplined too. Six uh, six penalties for 54 yards. So the Super Bowl is the Bengals as the home team in LA facing the Rams. The Rams installed um, by Caesar Sportsbook as four and a half points uh, point favorites as of February 2nd. So obviously, you know. We're going to see what happens with that. Um, as far as... You got Matthew Stafford versus Joe Burrow. Sony Michelle versus Joe Mixon. Cooper Cup and J- Jamar Chase. I mean, those are your those are your leaders. Um, honestly, I'm going to sit here and say this. Um, I have Cincinnati winning. I think Cincinnati will win. On a last-second field goal by Evan McPherson, that will break the 2006 record from the kicking goat himself, Adam Vinatieri, who in that in that playoff kicked 14 field goals. Excuse me, 14. 
Uh, going into the Super Bowl, Evan McPherson has 12. So, that's going to be an interesting uh, topic. But, we'll see what happens. We'll see if I'm right in my oh, score prediction. Um, well, obviously, it's going to be a game-winning field goal. So, I'm going to go 30-28. Uh, Let's see. He's got to get three, so three, six, nine... 14. Yep. 30 to 28 will be the score. Game winning field goal by Cincinnati. So, with that, we are going to take a break. And when we come back, what in the world is with the NCAA overtime system? And how can we fix it? We'll be right back. Welcome back, and I guess now I just got to talk about it. Uh, overtime in the NCAA. Now, weirdly enough, and, you know, some people listen to this episode may not remember it, but, you know, it's okay. That prior to the beginning of the 1997 season, if a game was tied after four quarters it was a tie plain and simple now I know it's not sexy enough you know the NCAA you gotta be sexy it's gotta be flashy we want winners we want losers understandable understandable so in 1997, they came out with the overtime rules. Now, there was a, just like with anything, there was a soft launch, and that was in the 96 bowl season. But it really came into fruition in 1997. Um, they basically wanted to make sure everything ended in all square. Now, this is from an article on the Sporting News. The initial overtime rules in 1997 were in place for quite a while. Each team got the ball in the opponent's 25-yard line and retained the ball until it failed to score, failed to make a first down, or turns the ball over. Teams alternated possessions until a, a team emerged as a victor. Uh, so basically, we will use... Hmm, actually, it's one of the most famous overtime games. East Carolina and Marshall, they played to a, a multiple overtime game in the GMAC Bowl. I believe that was in 2001, 2002, I'm thinking. So basically, East Carolina gets the ball first. They score a touchdown. When Marshall gets the ball... If they do not score the exact same number of points as East Carolina did, ECU wins. If they do, go to second overtime. Marshall gets the ball first. If they score a field goal, ECU can tie with a field goal, win with a touchdown. 
and so on and so forth. In 2019, they made a little changes. They added the two-point conversion rule, so teams had to start attempting a two-point conversion starting with the third overtime. So if you get to uh, overtime number three, well, guess what? Instead of a, instead of a 25-yard drive, you got a two one shot at a two-point conversion. It's not really an overtime. This was directly in response to the seven-overtime game between Texas A&M and LSU. Now in 2021, they tweaked the rules again. So, each of the first two overtime uh, periods, teams are granted one possession. Um, Actually, I'm sorry. Here, here are the uh, rule changes that were ratified. Beginning with the second overtime, team must attempt a two-point conversion after scoring the touchdown. Beginning with the third overtime, teams will begin run alternating two-point conversions until we all, instead of offensive possessions. So, this came to fruition in a Penn State versus Illinois game that went to nine overtimes. Like, why the hell is it going to nine overtimes? So, I decided, you know what? I, I, I feel like um, uh, one of the guys from the old... Um, uh, wall culture wrestling videos who would always do like you know uh, uh, how to book and go and I can do it better but I mean I, I think it's a good idea I'm curious to see what people think about it but here is how I want to lay it out so we're going to take the Illinois Penn State game And let me pull up the... Actually, I forgot. It won't give me the overtime, overtime breakdown. Um, so, it's tied at... Actually, let me look it up another way. Because it was a very low-scoring game. Very, 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 very low scoring game. All right. So, going into overtime, it was tied 10-10. Each team got a field goal. So, here's here's what we do. I like, instead of a, a full-length drive, actually... No, no, based on this, you have a 10-minute period. All right? 10-minute overtime, just like regular season in the NFL. Now, here's the difference. No matter what happens in the first possession, the other team gets a chance to gets a chance to tie so 
let's say, and let me, let me, yeah, because in this overtime, in the two-point conversions, nope, two, four, five overtimes went without a score, which is just stupid. All right, so Sean Clifford uh, chucks a touchdown to Jahan Dotson in overtime. All right. The score is now, and, and uh, whatever, basically whatever they do is kind of like horse in a way. Whatever the first team does, the second team has to do it to tie it. All right? So, they decide, you know what? We don't want to play for a tie. We're going to go for two points. They miss it. Okay? Uh, Illinois gets the ball. If the Illinois drive ends without a score, Penn State wins. If the Illinois drive ends with the same amount of points as the Penn State drive, then the rest of overtime is sudden death. First team to score no matter what wins. Uh, If they decide to go for two points and or even an extra point and get it, Illinois wins. If after the 10 minutes, um, there's no, uh, the game is still tied, then it stays a tie. There you go. You had 10 minutes addition. Both teams got an opportunity to have the ball and you still couldn't win the game that point you don't need to you need to go to a shootout uh two two point conversion contest to see who practiced two point conversions because now you, you got to basically practice two point conversions on like your friday just in case you get into a nine overtime game and there's really only so many pl- type of plays you can run out of two out of a two point conversion there really is so you're showing the entire team your your playbook. And then if you get into another overtime situation like that, or even a situation where you have to score a two-point conversion to tie a game in regulation, they've already seen half your plays for that. So, that is what I would do to change the overtime system. But, then of course, I, I couldn't just go, okay, well, let's let's make that effective immediately. I decided to look back all the way to 1996. Yeah, I had some time on my hands during the, uh, during the break. Um, and I decided to research what, you know, how many games were played in nine, between 1996 and the 2021 season that went to two overtimes or more. If it went to a single overtime, I didn't count it. If it went to two, double overtime or more, then I counted it. And for for the most part, a, a lot of these games really didn't affect the would affect the standings. In some cases, it would affect 
division winners, conference winners, stuff like that. Uh, let's. 1996. Okay, that was the first year they really had the um, overtimes. Uh, 18. You know, there would actually would have been. Uh, two ties in the standings broken up. Let's, so let's put it this way. USC would have had two ties on on, on the season. Uh, California, UCLA, Arizona State, and Arizona would have all tied, had ties. Um, USC was tied for fifth. They would go up to fourth because a tie is a half a win and we calculate winning percentage. California would have moved all the way down to ninth place. UCLA would have gone to a tie for fifth with Arizona. And Arizona State would have stayed in first place. Uh, looking at the SEC, uh, Georgia, Oh, give me just a second. Georgia would have tied Auburn. Um, would have went from a basically going for a tie, going from a tie for fourth place with Kentucky in the East Division to being a fifth place by themselves. And uh, of course, those are just like within conference standards. I didn't look to see if they affected your overall record. Although Missouri and Baylor would have been a tie, and that was a conference game, but it wouldn't have affected anyone's place. Uh, Miami, Ohio versus Cincinnati, that was originally a three overtime game, that would have been a tie, but because Cincinnati was in Conference USA, Miami, Ohio was in, excuse me, um, the Mac, it wouldn't affect conference standings. I'm sorry, that is, yeah, that was 96. And then, like I said, there was a lot of bowl games that got affected. Um, 1999, for example, uh, Virginia and Duke would have been a tie, would have given Duke seventh place by themselves in the ACC. Virginia would have broken up a tie for second. Uh, Louisville versus Army would have given Louisville a second place by themselves and Army get, would get eighth place by themselves and avoid a tie with Cincinnati for last place. Oregon versus USC would have given Oregon third place by themselves whereas USC would take sixth place. And the WAC, Fresno State in Hawaii, would basically give the Fresno give Fresno State the WAC title outright. They had tied with Hawaii and TCU. Hawaii would move to third third place. So I think we'll take a little uh, break right here. Um, would this affect any national t- uh, championships? Hmm. 
We'll talk about that on the other side of this break. All right, welcome back. And I, I, I know I went a little uh, overboard or, you know, a little deep into the Brian Flores story, but I mean, it's true. It is 100% true. I uh, just want to see change in NFL. I, 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 want, I want to look at it like this. I want to look at the coach who got hired and go, they're the best candidate for the job. Oh, they're black? Oh, cool. Oh, they're, they're, they're Latino? Oh, cool. No, they're the best person for the job. Like, the Carolina Panthers just hired Ben McAdoo as their offensive coordinator. Why? Huh. At this point, I want Jim Harbaugh to go back to college, uh, the NFL. Have, have him take the uh, Minnesota job. Have uh, Matt Rule go to Michigan. And you know what? Get a... a uh, Eric Benamy or Byron Leftwich or hell, even though he's still in the league, Brian Flores in Carolina. Because I think if there's one owner who has shown the willingness to go, I will I, I, I will hire who I feel at the time is the best candidate. It is the Panthers owner. I mean, Matt Rule at the time was the best candidate. Did he give him the right contract? Absolutely not. But you live and you learn and you get loves. But the Super Bowl is this Sunday. Holy hell. Let's let's look over what happened. How did the teams get there? Well, first and foremost, we had the AFC Championship game. The Cincinnati Bengals faced the Kansas City Chiefs going into halftime. It you know they were down twenty-one to three going into about the last minute of the game or of the of the first half. Only points was an Evan McPherson field goal, which we'll talk about in a minute. And then once they hit the twenty-one to three mark, the Chiefs could only score another field goal. Third quarter, Evan McPherson had a 31-yard field goal. Uh, Jamar Chase, two-yard touchdown pass from Joe Burrow, also connected on a two-point conversion to tie the game. Uh, in the fourth quarter, the teams uh, alternated field goals with the Harrison Buckner 44-yard field goal tying the game. Sending it in overtime, which we know, based on the previous week, Oh, pray to God they don't get the coin flip. Well, they got the coin flip. Oh, here we go again. Joe Burrow ain't going to see the field until. And I got. I got to. I got to pull up the uh, the drive. So started on the twenty five uh, yard line. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had an incomplete pass, short left to uh, Robinson. Tried it again. To Robinson, and then says, "You know what? 
getting this to Robinson isn't working. Let me go, Tyreek Hill. Pass it deep. Intercepted by Bell at the Cincinnati 40. Returned it for five yards. Let's, and that gave Cincinnati basically since uh, Kansas City on their first drive could not uh, score, then all they had to do, all they had to do was score a field goal. And Evan McPherson's like, okay, I think I can do that. Nine plays, 42 yards, ended on a 31-yard field goal. Cincinnati Bengals 27-24 in overtime, sending the Bengals to the Super Bowl for the first time since 1988. And as uh, Bennett and Matt decided to joke a little bit, no, I was not the kicker for that 1988 team. I'm not that old. I feel that old sometimes, but I'm not that old. Well, let's move over to Los Angeles. Oh, and uh, before we go, you know, move over. Let's just compare the stats. Each team, they were about even. Only difference is, uh, actually, actually, it was kind of, kind of even. Like team stat wise, uh, Cincinnati outgained. I'm, I'm sorry, Kansas City outgained them. Had uh, higher yards per play. Um, it was a relatively clean game. It was just the turnovers. The two turnovers by, by Kansas City kind of killed it. And the fact that uh, Joe Burrow was only sacked once is a miracle. Considering he got sacked nine times in the divisional round. Kansas City, on the other hand, Patrick Mahomes got sacked four times. So I think that's that's the key stat right there. Let's move over to L.A. Matthew Stafford in his first ever NFC title uh, championship game. Conference championship game. First time ever. Uh, Rushing really wasn't... A strong suit in either team. Uh, the leading rusher on both teams oh, for a combined was Cam Akers, who only had 48 yards. So going into the uh, half, going into halftime, San Francisco was up 10 nothing. They were up 17 nothing, and they allowed 13 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. A Cooper Cup 11-yard pass and um, a reception. And then two field goals. Let's put it this way. With. I'm trying to find the. uh, According to ESPN. San Francisco had approximately. A 73% chance of winning the game. At the beginning of the fourth quarter. Yeah I guess not. And the LA Rams on a game-winning field goal, 20 to 17, they will host host the Super Bowl. How insane is it? We went 54 years without hosting with some of the most dominant teams in this league, and in the last two years, we get 
one in Tampa Bay with Tampa Bay in it, one in LA with the Rams in it. How? I'm just curious. But anyway, uh, what killed San Francisco um, stat-wise, their third down uh, efficiency, they were only three for nine. Rams were 11 for 18. So they faced it quite more, quite often, but they were more successful. Uh, like the passing yards, um, Garoppolo only threw for 232 yards. Yeah. Uh, reports already come out. I saw on Bleacher Report that his representatives and the 49ers are working on uh, with uh, teams for as potential uh, trade options because it will be the Trey Lance show next year. It's you know if he had won this game and made it to the Super Bowl, I think he would have got a, a, at least an extension. You know. Uh, it's it's crazy, and and of course they're undisciplined too. Six uh, six penalties for fifty four yards. So the Super Bowl is the Bengals as the home team in L.A. facing the Rams. The Rams installed um, by Caesar Sportsbook as four and a half points uh, point favorites as of. February 2nd. So, obviously, you know, we're going to see what happens with that. Um, as far as you got Matthew Stafford versus Joe Burrow, Sony Michelle versus Joe Mixon, Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase. I mean, those are your, those are your leaders. Um, honestly, I'm going to sit here and say this. Um, I have Cincinnati winning. I think Cincinnati will win on a last-second field goal by Evan McPherson. That will break the 2006 record from the kicking goat himself, Adam Vinatieri, who in in that playoff kicked 14 field goals. Excuse me. 14. Uh, going into the Super Bowl, Evan McPherson has 12. So, that's going to be an interesting, uh, topic. But, we'll see what happens. We'll see if I'm right in my, oh, score prediction. Um, well, obviously it's going to be a game winning field goal. So, I'm going to go 30, 20, uh, 30-28. Let's see. He's got to get three, so three, six, nine. Let's see, 14. Yep. Thir- 30 to 28 will be the score. Game winning field goal by Cincinnati. So, with that, we are going to take a break. And when we come back, what in the world is with the NCAA overtime system and how can we fix it we'll be right back so I want to thank everyone for uh, listening to this show I hope you enjoyed it like I said 
go to the Instagram post and give me your comments. Do you like? Do you, you know, disagree? How would you change the uh, overtime system in the NCAA? Um, next week, thinking about when uh, it will be, it will be posted. I want to say after the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, it will be posted after the Super Bowl. So I will uh, try, you know, make sure to comment on what's going on based on the recording schedule. It'll either be in the beginning of the episode or the end of the episode. It's, you just, we don't know. I mean, you know, you gotta have, uh, make room for life and bills and all that jazz, but, uh, and also other trips that I have to make home. Um, but we'll definitely do that, and I know the NBA uh, trade deadline is coming up, so I'm gonna see when, uh, you know what the trades are you know if any and get my take on it now I'm not a uh, NBA aficionado by any stretch of the imagination so it'll be more of a um, visceral reaction um, the NHL trade deadline is next month because they were supposed to be oh and I will I will give you an update on the Olympics because I actually I think the Olympics will also be over by the time the, the next episode airs um so yeah I'll tell you how, how we did in the Olympics but it is what it is that's that's how it goes uh, we're also in the process of scheduling content uh, scheduling uh, recordings for the NCAA tournament we're going to uh, do that again this year we're also going to do the NBA and NHL playoff um, this year. A little more stretched out, so it's not like I'm having to do, like, uh, three recordings in a four-week span. So, yay, back to normal. Um, but, yeah, so definitely be on the lookout for that content as well. Um, outside of that, I hope everyone has a great rest of the day, rest of the week afternoon morning night whatever time you're listening to this remember them if it's if you're not having a great day you need to will it into fucking existence my name is kyle nashon this has been the blind tag podcast see y'all next time